drink beer, think beer. You're listening to Broodlands. Don't drink to forget me, you'll end up seeing double. That from the famous author, CoolBrainyQuotes.com. <laughs> that guy has so many beer quotes. I see we've reached the bottom of the barrel on quotes, on beer quotes. <laughs> it's called, I just put the dock together five minutes before I came, and it was the first quote I found. <laughs> lazy lazy Saturday morning, huh? Yeah, pretty much. And we are here early, early Saturday morning. Yeah, unfortunately. Before the rooster crows. Uh, the rooster has not crowed. I have a rooster. I have a pet rooster um, that I keep in my attic. What is it, 5.45 a.m.? It is I mean, 5.45, and hence why we're talking about breakfast beer today, yeah. because, yes. Hence we, why we have morning boys. Now, once the rooster crows, we have to quit the show, so yeah, we, we should probably hurry up and get to it. <laughs> yeah, we got to end the show. Mark can only consume beer on Saturday mornings before, before, the, before the, rooster. the rooster crows. <laughs> yes. He's narrowed it down that much. That's right. It's very, very specific. The <laughs> advantage at five uh, recording at 5.45 a.m. is deep, booming, <laughs> morning voice. Yes, if, if you like that. Radio voice. That'll be low voice guy I, and low voice guy. If I could only keep this voice all the time. <laughs> That's going to be the names in the forums. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so let's talk about uh, Bud Light is, uh, well, <laughs> more shenanigans. Is there, uh, they're bringing up more shenanigans. Yeah, so it seems like they can't compete directly on taste, which no. we all know that. So it doesn't you just seem say. like that. It's factual. I'm going to go ahead and say it's a fact. It's, it's fake news to say otherwise. <laughs> exactly. But... Yeah, they've come out with a new campaign basically saying, hey, there's like a billion craft beers out there. You don't know what you're getting. Stick with Bud Light. Yeah, it's Because Bud Light is always the same everywhere, no matter where you are. That's And that's certainly true. It is certainly the same. Just it, about, is a, it is a factual comment. Unless you're getting some of that uh, that Chinese uh, dirty dishwater Bud Light. Did you... I think I posted the story. I don't know if we ever talked about it on the show where I don't think we did. The Chinese factories, like some pirate factories, were making fake Bud Light or Budweiser, and they were basically like they had some unknown beer allegedly in like a, a dish tub or whatever, and they were just scooping it into like untopped cans. I'm guessing it wasn't that snow beer. No, no, no. It was it was fake Budweiser cans because Budweiser had to put out uh, an alert about it. There were fake Budweisers out there. Now I don't know that the. The taste would be able to really be that much different, uh, but they were scooping it into these fake cans with their hands. They're like mm. non-gloved hands, instead of using like even a in modern technology such as a ladle. Yeah, they were doing say. that, but or a pitcher of yeah. some sort. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just scooping it with hands. That's, oh man, that's the pretty bad. Lowest of the low. Oh, that's yeah, that's really nasty. I will I will give Bud Light credit. I bet it's better than dirty dish tub. I would, fake I would beer. guess so. Yeah, but uh, at least you're probably less likely to catch something from right. it. right. I mean that's a, I mean that's the thing about you know Budweiser and I think the one thing you can admire them for is scale yeah. the fact that you're right they're the McDonald's of beer you the Budweiser unless you're getting dirty dishwater yeah. you know Chinese beer uh, it's going to taste the same anywhere you are I do and, give them credit for that and that is an that accomplishment is that's yes. an, a you know a feat of manufacturing and science yep. but uh, you don't have to admire the beer just because they're simple right so yeah if you if you want consistency I mean it's kind of like you said. There's all these artisan burger places all over the place. Sure. You can always get a quarter pounder and it tastes the same. Right, everywhere. exactly. You can it's go to Mc- the same the same. You thing. can go to McDo in, in Paris and it tastes the same. Yeah, exactly. So that's basically what they're saying. Is that a good argument? I don't think so. But yeah, uh, it does kind of bring up the bigger question though of saturation. People always talk about that. I don't. I, I don't know if we're there yet. I think in some ways we kind of are because even you know people like us who. Well, I drink a decent amount of beer. You occasionally drink a decent amount of beer, but you do buy a lot of beer. Yeah, I and buy a lot. I don't, I don't drink as fast as I buy. Right. Yes. You basically have uh, two closets worth stacked yeah. 
Bottom, bottom, top to bottom. That's how I speak before six a.m. Yeah, and it's like the shoe closet from Overboard, where it just like rotates. I had I had Kurt Russell come build me a closet that rotates my beers in and out. You had him wear the same '80s outfit, get the mullet, go in everything. I don't think he's ever given up the mullet, has he? Uh, Yeah, I guess he hasn't. That's a good point. Well, maybe did for Guardians. Maybe, but he didn't. He he had the mullet in Fast and Furious, didn't he? It's, it's sort of mullety. It's not yeah. as mullety as it was in the 80s. There's always whiffs of mullet with Kurt Russell. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not quite as 80s mullety. But right. In any, that was peak mullet. Yeah. Peak mulleted Kurt. But, uh, yeah, so there's so many things on the shelf that you like to try different styles. Both of us like most styles. I mean, mm-hmm. other than you know, lagers, a couple of them we don't prefer. But most of them we'll try out. And there's just so many choices in each that sometimes I find something in a style and I'm kind of like, well, if I'm going to buy a six-pack of this, maybe a specialty mix and match, I might grab some other stuff just to try it out. But a lot of times, I just go to the same thing because I know it's good, and I just right. stick with it. And there's a thousand other choices, and I just, I'm just i wondering how many people do that same thing that I do and find one, and they go to that and say, I love this IPA, I love this stout or whatever. Or I know a lot of people like to try a lot of things like we do. We wouldn't have a show otherwise. Sure. But I think to a point, there are maybe too many if you include – all the locals plus all the imports, especially yeah. we get here. I think I think Texas is especially, or Dallas especially, is, I can't speak to Austin, Houston. I'm assuming it's similar, but I think we're really saturated here with all the imports, too. We are, and I, I think probably most people are creatures of habit that you always have some standby. Uh, Breckenridge Mill Porter was always a standby for me, and, um, you know, Tup's IPA it locally is, is definitely a standby, the Community Mosaic. Yeah, I think most people are creatures of habit. It's just natural, but and that's probably somewhat true of the traditional bud drinker. They're not looking to change. It's a lot of like people who you know they make fun of you if you drive a Ford and or if you drive a Chevy and or if you drive a Dodge. I mean, yes. I'm surprised there aren't stickers of Calvin peeing on a craft beer. There probably are out there. <laughs> I was going to say or Calvin peeing on a Coors Light. I or, bet if we did a Google image search, there probably is one. Which I never understood how those people didn't get sued that had those stickers, yeah, no. but, that made those stickers, I should say. But uh, why is Calvin always peeing on everything? Why is that? <laughs> why did that know. become the thing? I don't know. I want uh, somebody peeing it's not on a Calvin. Protest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or Calvin peeing on Calvin. Just <laughs> yeah. to be really weird Ar- and meta. Calvin arcing into Calvin's mouth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Be really odd. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I, I think there's some people that take a. I think there is a certain sect of people, uh, perhaps of the. Uh, to break it down to Ozark terms, hillbilly and or redneck persuasion that take pride. Sure. In that, you know, with the, with that, so what's that song that's always on the Chevy commercials? A simple kind of man. <laughs> yeah. I think they're. I I think, hard as a rock or something. Or hard, well, there's that too. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, um, the jingles, but some sort of Bob Seger song or something. But I, I yeah. think there's a certain sect of people that probably that take pride in that live in the simple life. You know, like look the, the same p- ones that think "Born in the USA" is actually a pro-American yeah, song. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, you know, like you look at the Pioneer Woman on one of those Food Networks. It's like all about the simple life. You know, like sure. roping cattle and yeah. make, making uh, kolaches or whatever. <laughs> you know, <it's, laughs> I don't know, make a kolaches. <laughs> Well, I don't know. <laughs> making, maybe making biscuits. Um, biscuits and gravy and, you know. Uh, there's just you only a, get the kolache reference for simpli- simplicity yeah, before 6 a.m. Uh, I know, yeah. <laughs> well, we are near West Texas, West Comet, Texas, oh, yeah. where hey, there kolache reigns yeah. supreme. So, Or Czech, Czech, Texas. It's named incorrectly. The Czech stop, yeah. It yes, should, it is. It should be like East Central Texas. Yeah, That's what they should, should be, be called. East Central Comet, Texas. <laughs> yes. But... um. I don't know. I think there's a certain set of people that probably crave that simple life, and there are they. I think they probably dig their heels in against progression, any yeah. progressiveness in any front outside of buying a new truck, and they 
I mean, I've known those people. I've lived with those people. I'm related to some of those people that sure. that stick their heels in the mud against any progression of any type in life. Yeah, they just like what they like, and they're proud of it, and they're not going to change for any reason. I mean, your dad, your dad doesn't like anything outside Bud Light, right? Barely ever. An occasional, an occasional German wheat beer, but yeah. for the most part, it's all well. He doesn't like Bud Light either. It's Budweiser original only. Hates Bud Light even. So he's yeah. you're talking about a very narrow, set. very narrow. It's, yeah, yeah. It's one beer and one beer only. But yeah, I, I, to the saturation point, I think I've noticed some of these places around here too that have you know we're not talking about the fifty tap places that are trying to get every craft beer under the sun, but some that have like you know six six taps, seven taps. A yeah. lot of them will be known as the place that has Velvet Hammer, the place that has you know Deep Ellum IPA, and that's the one they have, and they just stick with that. And it's almost kind of like some of those, some of the bigger local ones have become kind of that standard standby at some of these places too, which is kind of interesting to me. Yeah. Which, not a bad thing. I appreciate that, actually. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that this campaign's going to work. I mean... Uh, They're kind of preaching to the choir. Yeah, I mean, big beer is, is falling, and uh, I don't know that the younger generation... Yeah, maybe they're turning to uh, Old Milwaukee or, I don't know, Pabst Blue Light. Pabst Blue, Pabst Blue Light. Pabst, that blue light. Pabst Blue <laughs> Ribbon, you know, a few years ago. Um, well, you know, the bigger that craft beer gets and more mainstream, then the hipsters go yeah, there's the other be way some, and go to the sure. biggest, you know. There's going to be some rebellion against that. Yeah. Um, and what's it, Ham's Beer is an old old uh, standby that's making a comeback. I saw it yeah. on the shelf yesterday at Total Wine, Ham's Beer, yeah. in the craft beer section. Just, Action notes. Just give it five years, and then it'll be hip to get a quarter pounder. Yeah, exactly. Hate McDonald's. Exactly. <laughs> it's... I don't know that it's going to help Big Beer at all. Yeah. They're still seeing sales fall um, overall. It, both of them, well, both of them, all, I guess Budweiser and Coors are both seeing still. But Bud Light, Budweiser, Coors Light are all seeing their shares fall month, right. month yep. over month. A little less in July, it looks like, but in bigger in June, like 5% plus in June. Sure. So they're taking a definite hit. I just don't know that this is going to be what... It's not. ...is going to help them out any. I, I, they've made fun of crap beer before, and yeah. it didn't work out well for them i don't know if this is egregious as that super bowl ad but i think this is less making fun of it as just uh you don't want to deal with all that right you know it's not saying that it sucks it's just saying too many choices yeah so again they're appealing to the simplistic you know you know what you're going to get everywhere and that's that's all you need and the interesting is rather than all the millions they're spending on this ad campaign i mean what if they were to make some budweiser that actually tasted good yeah, I, I remember mean, they tried that when they came out with the, the ale. I don't know yeah. if that was any good or not, but apparently it, didn't sell enough. I mean, I understand if they don't want to change Budweiser to make new Bud, like new yeah. Coke back in the day, because there would be rebellion against that, I'm sure, sure, as well. But what if they actually made a product that actually tasted good? Uh, I, feel, I feel like there's a decent amount of people like my father that would definitely be upset. Yeah. And they would lose that consistent sale right. that they always have. And Bud Light, they're not getting rid of that anytime no, soon. No, I know. <clears throat> or probably ever. I don't know. They're, I think I feel like they're stuck in a box, and the only way out they can go is either you make a better product, yeah. which will gr- maybe gradually gain traction, maybe, yeah, or you can slander everybody else, or <laughs> yeah. try to keep keep rowing that boat that with the hole in it that's slowly sinking. Yeah, you can ride that all the way down. Yeah, on your billions of and dollars. It seems like that's what they're going to do. Yep. So one thing we've seen uh, in the craft beer revolution is uh, people running out of names for their beers, and we've <laughs> seen breweries sue each other. Uh, crap breweries sue each other, either outright sue or at least threaten lawsuits over yeah. beer names because they use something that, if not directly a copy of each other, then perhaps even a slight reference. Well, it was like when I trademarked at the mark on Twitter. Exactly. And then you took it anyway, and we had a big lawsuit. 
fortunately, we were able to resolve it. Yes. You, you gave me our friend Thomas' social security number, and then yeah, we were able course. to resolve it. So We always toss that back and forth. Yes. But uh, one thing that we've seen is some, some beers end up collaborating together. Uh, Operation Collaboration is one. Um, so there's some others out there. They, they end up making a, a co-brewed beer together, which is great. Great to see. I'd rather see you know, fraternal uh, play between breweries rather than lawsuits. It yeah. doesn't help each other when we're suing each other. At first, I thought you said cold brew beer. But oh yeah, co-brew beer. Co-brew beer. Yeah. The deep voice does not lead to the, accentuating the co-brew beer. Yep. Um. So, anyways, there's a scientist named Janelle Shane, and she's created a neural network. Not a real name, but not no. She's a research scientist, but <laughs> she apparently is an expert in uh, neural networks. And neural networks are computers. I don't entirely understand them, but there's they're they're modeled after the human brain, and sure. they allow rather than most programming is if this then. You know, sure. if this, then do that. And neural Tell us networks. More SQL statements, Mark. <laughs> it's not just SQL, it's true. <laughs> oh, I know. Other programming, too. Right. Um, neural networks are designed to operate more like a human brain, where if you, you could take, it's not necessarily a non linear thinking or non literal thinking, and that you can interpret. You, for instance, you could like look at this coaster I have uh, from the Big Lebowski. It says, I'm the walrus. Mm-hmm. And you can note many things about this image, and you can take it a number of directions about other things that. Um, in the Big Lebowski, other quotes or the colors on the thing, or you can right. no- notate a no- or number of things. Or bowling. Yeah, exactly. Or, Anything you can yeah, attain yeah. from looking at. Yeah. Exactly. Or, and so she has yes. turned her talents with this towards, and she's put out a PDF. Apparently, uh, it, it's free. <laughs> Not an advanced technology. No, but but it's it's free. It's, <laughs> yeah. a, it's a monthly data dump from this neural network. She basically scraped all the names from Beer Advocate, Beer Names, and because of these lawsuits and she decided to use her turn her neural network to producing new beer names okay and so basically she puts out a pdf every month with i think thousands of new beer names in each style that this neural network comes up with and so these are in theory nobody's taking these names so you're free to take these names and do with them what you will so pretty cool uh you know so should we copyright these pdfs (laughs) we we should take all the beer names (laughs) yeah we should we should immediately go to the jerk move would that be and we should say uh our uh, faithful listener, Billy Harmony, sent us to this BK Harmony on the so Twitter. So faithful. Yeah, so faithful. He sent us that uh, this week. And a very cool, you know, it's, it's just it a is. cool little thing you necessarily wouldn't hear, but this comes to us from The Verge. And uh, pretty pretty cool little uh, science there. Yeah, that's very sciencey. Uh, so sciencey. Yes. And then lastly, Johnny B sent us this because he's always uh, reading press releases. and um, <laughs> He's always looking for acquisitions. <laughs> always, when he's with the distiller. He's not doing his job. He's <laughs> right. just looking for acquisitions. He has no financial stake. He's just <laughs> looking for acquisitions. <laughs> yeah. He's basically created his own neural network just for acquisitions. <laughs> exactly. And uh, we wouldn't be a good beer podcast if we didn't mention the acquisition of Funky Buddha out of Florida last week by Constellation. Constellation, you may know for Negro Modelo, Corona, some others, but uh, they're one of the mega players for craft beer. They're the ones that acquired Ballast Point last right. year or the year before, whenever that was, uh, for literally over a billion dollars. Now, I wonder if that means that on just an unrelated note about Constellation, if that means all of the Mexico resorts will now have Ballast Point in addition to Negro Modelo. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Now, that's not a bad thing. But they I'm may tamper with your beard. You may end up a hospital without your kidneys. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Which is why we diverted our trip from Mexico <laughs> to the Dominican. <laughs> sure. But yes, it's possible. I, I, not you know maybe in like fifteen years when I'm okay going back there. Yeah. Then I'll see if they have it. But sure. I do wonder if that actually does. You know, I mean, in fairness though, constellation all through the Caribbean. So I'm wondering if that means ballast points all through the Caribbean now. Too, yeah. Which would be good. Which is not necessarily a bad thing because no, that's a great thing. There's, there's a significant dearth of uh, craft beer in those. Pretty much, 
confined to Coronas <laughs> in most resorts. Well, you may poo-poo uh, Ballast Point around here because it's so available and something you don't go too much. It would be a pinnacle in the Caribbean. Every time I see him, I literally poo-poo. You do. Yeah, on it. It's poo-poo. weird. Yeah. No, I just say poo-poo. Uh, that's poo-poo true. and point at it. <laughs> but uh, they did not disclose the uh, terms of the agreements, but Funky Buddha, we don't get them here, so I've never had a beer, uh, but they are supposedly one of the best breweries in Florida, And but I've never had anything by them, but uh, another one bites the dust. Yeah. Yeah, notable Florida breweries. Uh, the only one I can think of is the one who does, uh, oh my gosh. Jailai? Cigar City? Yeah, Cigar City, yeah. And... I still haven't seen it around here. No, we were supposed to get it, like, May-ish? thought they were starting to produce it in Austin, yeah. so we were going to start to get it. But, yeah, I still, much like the Greenville Avenue Pizza Kitchen in the neighborhood that yeah. was supposed to be here for, like, five years and still isn't, that it's still not here, too. Yeah, we still have I'm looking to forward to both city. of them to actually appear. Yeah, I don't know what all breweries we get from Florida. I don't think we get a lot. Yeah, not a lot, for sure. But one thing we do get is a few breweries from uh, New Mexico, and today we're talking about Santa Fe Brewing and Breakfast Beer. And specifically, they're Java. now that it's just after six a.m. and the rooster has crowed, so we have to yes. end the podcast now. So sorry, <laughs> you're right, not getting in, you're not getting the review. We're done. <laughs> right, but it's just news this week. Hey guys, Josh here just to let you know, to remind you, to get the word out, to put it in your brain that no matter when you're listening to this podcast, Thursday is right around the corner. What's so significant about Thursday? Well, at Thursday at noon, you get to tune in and listen live to Liquid Lunch. Join myself and Catherine Contreras from She's Crafty Podcast as we join forces to bring you Texas's live midday craft beer show. It's the only one like it out there in the entire world. We're live. We take your calls at 713-678-0070. We have on the best guests in the craft beer world from the state of Texas and beyond, and it's just a fun time. You'll hear what you're eating, what you're drinking, We'll get the latest in uh, news and craft beer goings-ons, promotions of all the latest happenings, and you can be a part of the show with us each and every Thursday at noon. LiquidLunchShow.com is where we're located. Also on our Facebook page and our YouTube channel, streaming live video and audio. Your choice. Come join the party. Kick off the weekend Thursday at noon. LiquidLunchShow.com. That's Liquid Lunch. We'll see you there. Nobody knows the trouble I feel. So Santa Fe Brewing. Don't have a lot of experience with these guys. Is that the Santa Fe Brewing theme that you're saying? It is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't have a lot of uh, experience with them either. Their cans are pretty notable. At least they have some that are notable because they actually have the New Mexico flag on them. Right. And I've definitely seen them on the shelves. Um, what we're talking about today is, I would say, is fairly nondescript. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is. But um, some of the other beers that they do have, uh, the Chicken Killer Barley Wine, the Happy Camper IPA, the uh, State Pen Porter, and the Pale Ale, I don't think I've had any of those. Have you? No. None yeah, of them. I, I, I've seen them on the shelves, but I have not had any of those. Um, and it's funny because they are a brewery that's been around for a bit. I mean, they've been around since 1988. So it just seems like it would have I guess if I've seen them, I guess my eyes are just glazing over. Yeah, maybe so. I don't know. They're never ever on tap that I've ever seen. No, I've never seen them on tap. 
And they're not often offered in single bottles or cans. I guess they mostly can, but yeah. um, I don't ever really see them offered at a beer store or anything, even like in a case or something no. like that. They're just not very, they're just not around that much around here. No. Like they just don't care. No, we did. I mean, <laughs> we picked, uh, today we're talking about the Java Stouts, and this is the the one I know, I guess I note more frequently just because it's a not, it's like a nondescript brown can with yes. not a lot of labeling to it. Right. And maybe that's why it stands out because it's, a shiny brown and doesn't have much going for it, so it always stands out. But we decided because we're you know we're up at three thirty a.m. that we would uh, yeah. talk about breakfast beers today. And we're now rolling close to six thirty. Finally, exactly. The we sun's are. coming up. The the cock has crowed. <laughs> so we decided we're gonna we're gonna tempt the fate of the cock crowing and keep doing the show. But yeah, the, Mark decided to lift his ban for one week. We're surprisingly like I went to go. I didn't go specifically for this beer to Total Wine, but. I was looking for a breakfast beer. Specifically, we were looking for Evil Twins Imperial Donut. Yes. Another. Apparently, we don't get that. And for at least total. I know we period. we we get it. I just haven't. I didn't see it this time. I know I've seen it there. Oh, you have. Okay, but okay. I didn't see it this time. So then I went to look for Cobra local brewery. They have uh, some sort of donut beer. Didn't Cobra. see that. Yeah. Then I looked for Sea Dogs Blueberry Beer, which I had last time I was in San Diego like five years ago. Didn't find that. And I know they had that at Total Wine a couple weeks ago, last time I was there. Right. And then I looked for other breakfast beers, and I came upon Legal Drafts. They have a coffee porter. Mm-hmm. And I, it was between that and then I found the Santa Fe Java Stout. And if you hadn't found this, the fallback probably would have been the Founders Breakfast Stout. And then, yes, the the granddaddy of them all, the Founders Breakfast Stout. We've done Founders before. We've talked about them many times. Yes. And done an interview with them with Dave Ingbers. And we've talked about our opinions on Breakfast Stout. Yeah. So felt a little bit. It was going to be like, yeah. Yeah. Dipping back into the bottle. It might have been more of a shorty type episode. But I was surprised by the the lack of uh, breakfast beers that were on tap. I, I enjoyed the breakfast beer. Yeah, me too. When I'm inclined to have it, uh, they tend to they tend to fall in really two categories: either fruity or chocolatey, cho- coffee, 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 yes, yeah, coffee, chocolatey, coffee, yes. And I I don't know that I've ever seen because we've had a bacon soft drink before years ago yes. on our other show, The Break Room, breakroom.tv, uh, and it was terrible. So I don't know that anybody's done a bacon beer. I'm sure somebody has. I'm sure it's awful. If that one, that bacon soft drink was any indication. I don't know that anybody's done like steak and eggs, a steak and eggs beer or something like that. You would think if somebody would do that, maybe it'd be Rogue. Um, You know, since they do that deal with the Voodoo Donut, maybe they would do the one that has the bacon on it. Yeah, they could do a bacon donut. You know what? They have done a bacon donut beer. Have they? Okay. But I'm just saying a straight up bacon beer, maybe a bacon and eggs beer. Uh, I I don't know that anybody's done that. I'm, I'm sure somebody like, boy, Dogfish Head's probably done like a steak and eggs beer or something like that. There is one coming out that if we get it here, I do want to try. It's not a breakfast-oriented one, but just mixing odd things. There is a deep-fried chicken double IPA coming out. That's uh, interesting. I'm interested to see how that actually tastes. That they sounds... actually put chicken in the in the mash. That sounds so. terrible. <laughs> hey, still worth trying, though. I guess. So, to be, yeah, they tend to fall into two categories. Um, I tend to go, I guess, for the sweeter breakfast beers as opposed to the more coffee beers. But Yeah, and I tend to go for the coffee ones. And I'm surprised that... Coffee beers don't often have caffeine in them. They they usually don't. Sometimes you'll I've seen I think I've seen one that had caffeine infused in the beer, but yeah. you don't you don't necessarily you don't ever hardly ever get caffeine in a coffee beer. It's just the coffee no. bean flavor. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you hardly ever get it if if ever. But I think that would be an interesting market angle to make your make a caffeinated beer that's centered around coffee. Right. A, a true right. breakfast beer. Now I don't know I've again, we haven't had this beer before. We haven't had a lot from this brewery. I will say the first line of the description 
sounds a little bit a uh, little bit cocky, a little bit full of themselves, but we'll see what it says or how it goes. The description says, "This is the kind of beer that gives the word stout a reputation." That's now, pretty is cocky. That not bold that's, praise. That's putting yourself on a platform, <laughs> especially one that you could get knocked off and get a one out of five. Absolutely. Uh, extra generous quantities of barley malt, followed by vigorous fermentation, leaves this imperial, quote unquote, heavyweight with eight percent alcohol ABV and a body as full as full as chocolate bread pudding. A complimentary and complex array of bitter notes comes from potent American ho- potent American hops, earthy British hops, black roasted malts, and of course, of course, coffee. Of course, Santa Fe Brewing Company uses only top quality ingredients like organic grown East Timor coffee uh, beans, blended with New Guinea. Uh, coffee beans, locally roasted by Ohori's Coffee House, I'm assuming. Uh, its heavenly flavor and aroma can't be beat or imitated. Very, very high. Very high praise. That is for high themselves. praise by themselves. That is can't be beat or imitated. Yeah, that's uh, that's quite the self accolation there. If they get less than five out of five, <laughs> this description is fake news. <laughs> that's that is very haughty, <laughs> yes. very haughty, New Mexico. You're putting yourself on quite the pedestal there. Absolutely. And this one does. Uh, Check in at an eight percent ABV. So I don't know. I don't know why Imperial was in quotes. That is the official definition of Imperial. Uh, IBU, but, but also the word Stout was in quotes as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's. I don't know why they're quoting things like that. But uh, IBU none, which I would expect, and uh, we serve it in a shaker or a snifter, which is not really a shocker either. And uh, Beer Advocate gives this beer an eighty nine out of one hundred. Which is pretty high. Pretty good. Ray Beer gives it a 97 out of 100 and a 73 in style. Also pretty good. And Untap gives it a 3.91, a little bit lower, out of 5. Not on, as high uh, as I would have expected based on the description. True. What would have expected over 4. 410 unique reviews. Yes. All right. So after this, we'll get to the Santa Fe Imperial Java Stout. Santa Fe Brewing was founded in 1988 by Mike Levis. He brewed the first Santa Fe Pale Ale on old equipment he bought from the defunct Boulder Brewing Company. After the quick success of the pale ale, the brewery quickly expanded to brewing brown ales and porters. The brewery continued to grow and win awards. In 1997, Mike divested himself of the brewery, which was then taken over by Brian Locke, Dave Forrester, Carl's Muller, and Ty Levis. In 2005, Santa Fe Brewing moved its operations to a much larger facility, the former Wolf Canyon Brewery near Interstate 25. This doubled the brewery's capacity from 15 barrels to 30 barrels, and annual production increased from 1,750 barrels in 2004 to 6,000 barrels in 2007. In 2010, the brewery began canning. It was the first brewery in New Mexico to can beer. In 2015, the brewery brought distribution to nine states, added an underground barrel cave for sour aging, broke ground on an expansion, and hired Burt Boyce as the new brewmaster to carry on the tradition of making the highest quality beers. So the BJCP standards for an Imperial Stout. The overall impression is it should be intensely flavored, big dark ale with a wide range of flavor balances and regional interpretations, <laughs> a roasty burn malt with deep dark and or dried fruit flavors, and a warming bittersweet finish. Despite the intense flavors, the components need to melt together to create a complex harmonious beer, not a hot mess. And the commercial examples include the uh, Bell's Expedition Stout, Cigar City's Marshall Zukov's Imperial Stout, and the Great Divide Yeti Imperial Stout's. And other coffee beers. Great divide. Yeti is great, and the expedition is great. The other ones I have not had. I uh, n- n- nor have I. Nigh n- have I. Nigh have I. Have you had those other two though? Uh, let's see. I haven't had the uh, Marshall Zukov. I have had the Bell's Expedition Stout, which is great, and I have had the Yeti Imperial Stout, which we did on this very show. Yeah, that the Great Divide is great. Yeah, so tremendous divide. There are other chocolatey uh, coffee beers. The Atwater, we should note. Yes, that's true. And others that I can't think of right now. That was a Java Porter, which was pretty good. Yeah, pretty good little Java Porter. Yes. 
So the uh, appearance for this beer, color may range from very dark reddish brown to jet black, opaque, deep tan to dark brown head, generally has a well-formed head, although head retention may be low to moderate, high alcohol and viscosity may be visible in legs when beer is swirled in a glass. Now the head retention on this one's pretty salty. I will say, when it first pours, it is a gigantic head. It is a giant tan head. And it does retain quite well. Yeah, it's a huge head. And it's it does uh, retain. quite substantial. It's thick. Yeah, thick and creamy. Thick and creamy. It Just, is really creamy, actually. It is uh, quite quite creamy in appearance. Pillowy. And, uh, pillowy, yes. Pillowy like my soft lips. And, uh, <laughs> yes, my fat and my body. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's not those pure white either. Those are pillows. It's got a little bit of a... It's got a little bit of a stout color to it as well. Yeah. Some, some heads pure, uh, pour pure white, but this one does not. No, this is definitely a very tan. Yeah, head. it's tan, and it has a lot it's, of lacing, for It's sure. the color of uh, some khaki doctors you might wear to a nice business meeting. That's true, which I do. You well, nice pleats in the front. Who doesn't enjoy some pleat dockers <laughs> in this day and age? Absolutely. Have hipsters resorted to pleats at this point? Um, I, they will. They, they probably I mean, have. Yeah, they will. Um, you can't see through this one at all, which no. is... You know, as it should be. Uh, well, a cup of Java should be, you know, yeah. pitch black. Unless you're drinking one of those uh, hipster fancy, you know, coffees. Uh, the aroma should be rich and complex with variable amounts of roasted grains, maltiness, fruity esters, hops, and alcohol. The roasted malt character can take on coffee, big surprise, dark chocolate, and or slightly burnt tones, and can be light to moderately strong. You know, my favorite part, and I just have to... <laughs> <laughs> As I dip my schnoz into the beer, <laughs> exactly. Kind of had like that latte mustache, but all over the beer, all over the nose. The only way you can truly, if you're a BGCP <laughs> judge, that's how you really ta- uh, smell a beer. I, I just noticed because it's right above the aroma description, the overall impression, the last line is very. That just cracks me up that it says it should be a, a harmonious beer, not a hot mess. Yeah, that is the official BJCP description. I feel like that brings not, the the description a, down. Of, yeah, of I feel the like beer. that makes it a little. Yeah, it doesn't sound near as official. No. But it is. It's official because it's, it it's is. officially BGCP. True. It's on the interwebs. So. It is. It's but, on the uh, net. If it's on the net, then it's good. This one definitely has the a coffee aroma to it. It's got it some uh, peppery finish in the back end. Yeah. And uh, not overly sweet in the it's smell. It's got a peppery ass on it. It definitely has a malty, caramely smell to it with like a peppery ass on it. Yeah. I would agree. Yeah, it's malty. There's... Little Java smell, a little or a little coffeeish smell in there, and I would say peppery without being bitter. Right, it's just a like a, I don't know, just a nice like a crisp pepper smell to it. Yeah, I agree. It's it's just pleasant, crisp, pleasant, pleasant, a pleasant, yeah. pleasant pepper smell. Yes. So far, the aroma does hold up to the cocky representation <laughs> that they put in the description. I, I believe this uh, the description for this beer was written by Mister Scaramucci. <laughs> Probably so. He's out of a job, so he's <laughs> writing beer descriptions now. Beer <laughs> he's working for Santa Fe, the Santa Fe Brewery. <laughs> Maybe so. So the flavor should be rich, deep, and complex, and frequently quite intense with variable amounts of roasted malts, grains, maltiness, fruity esters, hot bitters, and flavor, and, of course, alcohol. Of course. Medium to aggressively high bitterness, medium to low to high hop flavor, so you can pretty much have anything in the hop range. Yep. Moderate to aggressively high roasted malt grain flavors can suggest bittersweet and or unsweetened chocolate cocoa and or strong coffee. And the mouthfeel should be full to very full-bodied and chewy with a velvety, luscious texture. Although the body may decline with long conditioning, which we did not do here. And fruity esters may be low to intense. So again, quite a range. Right. Basically, uh, everything has a huge range. Yeah, pretty much. General, uh, a lot of times they give like guidelines of these are the items that should be in there, and they right. may fall anywhere on this guideline. Uh, general smooth warmth from alcohol should be present and noticeable, but not a primary characteristic. All right. So 
Let's see if the Mooch is correct about this beer. It's definitely got a lot of flavor to it, if that makes any sense. There's a full range. Yeah. Hits hits every element of the tongue. There's some sweet. There's some uh, kind of burnty, burntish coffee uh, taste to it. There's some uh, little chocolatey, dark chocolatey flavor to it. I mean, it, it definitely hits a wide range of things. No doubt about it. Not any really any alcohol presence much. I mean, I don't get any burn from that. Probably shouldn't at eight percent anyway. But I don't. I don't really notice it too much. It, so, if there's alcohol there, I think it's there, but it's not heavy. It's not a dominant thing for sure. I think it's probably masked. Like I, I feel like it's. I can taste like the alcohol's there in the back end of my mouth. The you know the ass end of your tongue near the what's the little thing that dangles from the back of your. Is that the medulla oblongata? Sure, the medulla oblongata, yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. The thinking part of your brain that controls remote functions, yes, it's that. Uh, what are that little hanging thing no, is? No, I know. I can't, like, I can't back, the there, back there is where I can taste like the alcohol, yeah. and it's it's a very astringent alcohol taste. Yeah. But up front, the rest of it fills the mouth quite well with... So your a, hangy ball is getting hit with alcohol. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's it's a very... It depends on what, like, if you're a coffee person it depends like it feels like uh you could be someone like yourself like you're a kirk man dumping four pounds of cream into your coffee or you're somebody like Tra- travis the viking our friend travis the viking right who is just like i need the strongest the most artisanal most artisanal pour over yeah. <laughs> coming from the most hipster of beans resourced yes. from the most wilds of africa by the most immigrant or native of natives not immigrant right. of immigrants <laughs> native of natives uh, that were squeezed through a rat's butt, you know. Like, exactly. You yeah. need something like whatever's hyper- the most pure and high end that you can possibly find. I, I, I this probably falls on the rainbow bridge of coffee flavors, more towards the raw end of the uh, unsweetened version of coffee. Yeah. Whereas the at water, as another example, I think is more of the Keurig version of coffee. It's more like a latte as opposed to this is more straight up sure. coffee. Well, yeah, I was gonna say. The other thing about it is it's got a little bit of that, if you want to speak of Keurig coffee, um, the Newman Organic that we get, which is kind of a mid-range Keurig option. Kuvaldi. Is more... Or Q, not Ku. <laughs> Kuvaldi. Like overtake Kuvaldi and a Q. Yeah. But it's more, it's not Starbucksian for sure. It's better than that because yeah. it doesn't have quite that burnt flavor. But this has a little bit of a burnt edge to it. But what you would expect with a, you know, any... any like a darker roast of coffee. Yeah, I know, but it, yeah, I guess it's just your preference. I tend to prefer the ones that have a less burnt edge to them. Right. That's why I do add Toya. coconut creamer to it. Four pounds of creamer to it. <laughs> I, it's one one dollar, sir. I, sir, I've seen your glass. You fill up the glass first with half creamer. <laughs> no, that's not me. You're, you're speaking to my wife. I don't do that. But yeah, it's it's got a little bit of a burnt edge, but that's not necessarily like you said, not expected. I would say even. If you want to get more artisanal, like the local Oak Cliff Coffee Company around here that roasts their own uh, their own stuff, uh, it's got a little bit of a burn edge to it. I think Starbucks is the be- the biggest offender on that, and it's not it's not like a drip cup of coffee from Starbucks for sure. I would say Starbucks is an offender. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I don't think a burned edge is necessarily a bad thing. A burned, but oh, a burned edge, but. Starbucks, I think, too often goes into that just burned mm-hmm. when they're roasting their coffee. It tastes like scrapings of black toast. Yeah, you know, I would agree. They, it definitely has that smell for sure. That there's a definite, you know, speaking of the ubiquitousness of McDonald's or Bud Lights, of McDo or Bud Light, 
you walk into a Starbucks, any Starbucks anywhere, you smell like Starbucks. Like Starbucks has that ubiquitous smell. They do. Yeah, I don't think that goes that that this goes that far. I should say. No, it does. It's not that burned smell to it, or burn taste. If burn taste, burn taste. Yes, burn taste. But it is definitely more on the uh, burned profile, the edge of the burn profile. Yes. The, the darker roasted toast flavors. <laughs> darker roasted artisanal toast. Right. Scaramucci's roasting some toast back there. <laughs> this little hand flame. Maybe the mooch likes burnt, burnt he, coffee. He does. I bet that guy likes burnt toast. He seems like he a guy. He probably does. Yeah. He probably like the burnt bacon and burnt toast type of guy. He seems like one of those. It's funny if we ever go back and listen to this episode, which we probably won't, but if we do it in like three years, yeah. and we're talking about the mooch, we'll be like, oh yeah, I remember that guy. He'll probably be the head of Fox News at that point. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He's probably going to be a normal commentator. At least. <laughs> exactly. He'll probably have a show. Yeah. Or he'll be the the uh, head of Sinclair, Sinclair Broadcasting at that point. Yeah, true. Or he'll be Trump's top advisor yet again. <laughs> right. For his second term. For, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, this is definitely on the uh, definitely the more unsweetened coffee edge of things. So it really depends. Are you going to like the beer? Well, do you like that flavor? And the, and the chocolate flavors are more dark chocolatey, yeah. too. Yeah, I mean, it's not your milk chocolate, for sure. Which, to me... It'd be interesting if they had done more of a milk chocolate because I I don't know if it would fit in this one necessarily, but if there were more options when chocolate flavor is prevalent, when they actually did milk chocolate, because I feel like almost everybody does the dark chocolate version. Yeah. And it's very rarely milk chocolate. And I just think that'd be kind of an interesting for an interesting change, that's all, in the industry. There's a few that do it, but it's not very common. Yeah, I would agree. The I think the Young's double chocolate salad's more like a milk chocolate flavor. It's, it's definitely years. closer, but it's, it's been years. But yeah. I, from what I remember, it was it's more closer like that. for sure. It's the same thing on the peanut butter beers we talk about. Some yeah. that taste like you know the unstirred organic, mostly peanut taste versus, versus a their, Peter Pan peanut butter. Yeah, which is what it should be. Yeah, they, they need to make a Peter Pan peanut butter with milk yes. chocolate combo. Yeah, make a, Re- a Reese's peanut butter cup of beers. That would be a kick ass beer. That would be a, a Reese's beer. beer. Yes. Although I will say the I. So you remember the no label, uh, whatever it was called. Yeah. Their peanut butter beer tasted a lot more like that. That's true. It did. It was right there on point for that. But, but add chocolate, then you're there. Yeah. Then but we're, we're not there. here to review that one. We're here to review this No, one. we're not. So this coffee beer, yeah. Uh, definitely more towards the raw coffee flavor. So ratings. Dustin. So the Mooch's description here seems to be a little bit over the top. Gave me really high expectations. I expected this to be the best Java Stout ever. A tremendous Java Stout. Everyone's saying it's the best stout ever. And I did not, uh, you know, so my expectations were five out of five, automatically done deal, best thing ever, right. put it in the books. After tasting it, it's not, it's not the Java stout that I expected. It's not a bad beer by far. It has some really good elements to it. The coffee flavor I do actually like, like you mentioned. I, I don't mind a little bit of a burnt edge to it. A little bit of a raw edge. I don't mind that. I think that fits. I think the if they had some more Java, you know, chocolatey type flavors in there, not Java flavors, but chocolatey type flavors in there, I think it would balance it out a little bit better. Uh, it's 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 maybe a little little harsher than it should be overall. Even though, like I said, I don't mind it. My expectations were it was not going to be quite as harsh as it is, especially given the BJCP descriptions of it. Which I know they're wide variety, but I just expect it to be more neutral to more sweet, I guess, than it is. So for me, based on expectations, the mooch really hurt this one for me. But it's still not a bad beer. So I'm going to give this beer a 3.5 out of 5. I'm surprised. I guess it's the there is no IBU for this beer. So the hops themselves don't have a significant presence. But it's very bitter for a beer that has no IBU, which I was kind of surprised. I mean, yeah. 
I would have expected no IBU, then it would have been sweeter than it is. Definitely more on the your Keurig cup every morning <laughs> type of beer. Exactly. I got to say, for a, for a coffee beer, as coffee beers go, I think this is very highly rated in the style because I think too often we have coffee beers, and I know you're asking me, you're demanding right now on your whiteboard to name those beers, and I can't do that right now. It's too early in the morning. The cock is yeah. crowed, but it's still too early. It's still before But there's a lot of coffee beers that are, that are coffee and name only. You can't really tell it's coffee. It's just we added some coffee beans to this and, you know, ran away screaming. This is definitely a coffee beer. There is no mistake about it. This is a coffee beer, and it's a even though it says uh, before noon or afternoon on the beer, uh, this is a firmly uh, a before noon beer because it is significantly coffee. It does fit in the breakfast category for sure. Unless you're one of those weirdos that like coffee after dinner, like in the fifties. Yeah, true. That is not. Then that, they still offer you that at fancy restaurants. Yeah, but we are we are not fancy in this household, yeah. and I will not offer you coffee. <laughs> if it is after noon, I will not offer you coffee in this house. If you ask for it, I will punch you in the face. Oh, yeah, fair enough. But this is a firmly it. square coffee beer, and I think that's great. I think it's they are what they say they are, and I think it's very well re- represented. Now, I think this beer could stand to be a little sweeter for me. I'd like I don't pour half my cup full of uh, creamer, but I also don't like its burnt toast, the burnt toast uh, shavings. As well, and I think to me this has a little too much of the burnt the burnt shavings in the bottom of the cup. But see, don't forget while you're rating this that the very first line of their description says this is the kind of beer that gives the word stout a reputation. They're not even just saying coffee beers a reputation. Stouts, period. This is the kind of beer that gives stouts a reputation. Well, I guess it depends what you're referring to as a stout. Is it stout as in the adjective is in um, bold and and fanciful? It is definitely bold. It is bold in flavor. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's why they put stout in it quotes. Is they're not stout. talking about the actual... It is definitely stout. They're not talking about the actual style. They're yeah, just talking they're not, about the strength. I, yes. That's I, perhaps I, true. Putting the stout in stout, all right, I can I can roll with it's that. Conf- it's a bit confusing being a beer, and you're, and it's a job right. of stout, and they're talking about the actual term stout, so yes. I will say, it is very distinctive. It is very yeah. bold, fine and fancy. Yeah. But it's just not my preferred flavor palette, that's all. I think it's it's a little too much burnt toast for me. I think they could de- uh, they could stand to add some coconut creamer to this. And the other thing that's confusing to me, I don't mean to influence your review here, but the second line is extra generous qualities, uh, quantities of barley malt. That tends to not be so bitter. And, I mean, most of the times when you have barley malt, things are a little sweeter, yeah, a little more neutral. Well, that was my my point is that it's, yeah. it's a little too bitter for... Well, I mean, even their own description, though, it yeah. doesn't seem to fit that completely. I I, th- I don't know. I think it could, it could stand to be a little bit sweeter than it is. I think it's a little too bitter for my taste and... Again, that's just my preferred palate. But I think it uh, does quite well by coffee. By calling itself a Java Stout, it is definitely a Java Stout, and it is very stout. I can't give it a 5 out of 5 because I think it could be a better balanced beer. And a body as full as chocolate bread pudding, they say. Uh, well, okay, I didn't catch that. I mean, chocolate bread pudding definitely indicates sweeter, right? Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I'm just saying... If you like the beer as it is, I mean, I don't like I said, I'm not trying to change your rating. I just don't think their description is really apt. This is like you at the, at, the beer at the campaign at the, at the voting polling site. Like you're in here, you're past the line, and you're trying to change my I'm in vote. the booth with you. You're in the booth. You crawl up to the booth. And you're like, hey guy, you want to vote for him? Don't forget about this issue. Don't don't vote for Rand Paul. You're gonna vote for. Yeah. You're gonna vote for Scaramucci. Exactly. <laughs> Don't forget what the mooch wrote. You're going to write in the mooch, aren't you? You're going to write in me. I'm always trying to get you to vote for the mooch in every election. Write in the mooch. Right. 
Don't don't vote for that local city. Don't council. vote for that guy. Remember what he just did. Just write in the mooch for every 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 position. Just write mooch. Don't know just what it write means. Write mooch everywhere. Yeah. Don't write, know what it means. Just scribble mooch on every little every little check mark. Write mooch. Don't scribble in your little scantron. Just write mooch. Absolutely. Just write, write mooch. Write mooch in your own blood across the entire sheet. <laughs> right. Just write mooch. That's what you're doing. You're I am. I am. You're begging me to write mooch across the entire scantron. I really am. Yes. And I can't I'm do sure that. you have all the facts. That's all. Yeah. Now, I, it does not match their exact description. I, I, it could be better. It could be a better beer. I, it's not chocolate bread pudding. It's definitely stout. It definitely rep- represents coffee very well. It's too bitter, I think, for if you're going to call it drug- chocolate bread pudding. Uh, yeah. It's it's too too bitter for that. It's too black toast for that. And they may counter argument that or counter argue that by saying we, we're saying body is full as well, but you're using chocolate bread pudding. Mm. And you're mix, you're mentioning yeah. the fact that it has chocolatey flavors or cocoa flavors, um, yeah. I mean, that's, you're giving an indication of sweet. So I, I just think it. I think it could be a little bit better. It's not a bad beer, a bad, a bad beer by any stretch. It's just not my preferred palate. So I can't give it five out of five because it doesn't it doesn't meet the chocolate bread pudding. But it does represent coffee very very well, and I think that's something that a lot of coffee beers do not do. So I'm going to give it a 4.5 out of 5. Wow, very nice. So giving us a nice uh, final score of a 4 out of 5. Still pretty good. Still pretty good little score. Did, did you think it had heavenly flavor and aroma that can't be beat? Heavenly flavor, no. <laughs> okay, just curious. Heavenly flavor is... Heavenly flavor means I'm being ensconced by the mooch and making out with him. Exactly. I mean, yeah. that's, that's a that full That would be line. heavenly. That's heavenly flavor, yeah. <laughs> right. His nice tobacco-stained uh, teeth and... If you were having his third baby, that would be heavenly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If I was making out with him for 24 hours straight <laughs> as he sips on a, an IC from Kmart. Exactly. That's, that, that's heaven. That's true heaven right there. I hope you achieve it one day. <laughs> I think we all aspire to that. Well, thanks for listening to episode 111 of Brew Blood. Thanks for listening. Thanks for all your support. Do us a favor. If you uh, know anyone that enjoys craft beer, podcast, and listening to things, or scare on our way. And tell your friends to tell your friends, and tell your friends to tell your friends to tell your friends, and so on and so forth. Yes. And keep telling friends. Tell everybody to tell friends. Just tell, find a friend. If you find a random stranger on the street, give them our business card. Yeah, absolutely. We don't have business cards, but if we were to have them, we would tell you to give them a business card. Give them your iPhone that has the podcast <laughs> right, on. Give them your iPhone. Go buy another iPhone. Yes, or if you don't have an iPhone, go buy an iPhone, okay. put our show on it, give them the iPhone. It could be an Android, too. Whatever. Yeah. Just as long as, the, as sure. long as the show's on it. Or if you have one of the, the new old school Nokia 3472s yeah. with the snake game on it, somehow put our show on that. <laughs> you should just shatter that and get a real one. <laughs> just shatter it, write uh, brew bloods in the back with a Sharpie, <laughs> and hand them that phone. Yeah, there you go. Uh, thanks for thanks for all that. Thanks to uh, Billy and Johnny B for the stories. Leave us a review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. Check us out on the social networks, Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you have any feedback on the show, you can email us at brewbloodshow at gmail.com or you can call us at 469-573-BEER. That's 469-573-2337. So for Dustin, I'm Mark. For Mark, I'm Dustin. Probst. Early, early morning. Probst. Very early morning. <laughs>